Hey everybody, it's Mike. Welcome or welcome back to the Revision Church Podcast. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download the Revision app, which is actually the best way to get access to new content and share it with friends. You can get the app by texting Revision App to 77977. Thanks for listening today. My hope is that this message will be helpful for you and would inspire you to take the next step on your faith journey. Amen. You guys can take a seat. My name is Jeff, one of the pastors here at Revision. Excited to be here. How are you guys doing? Love it. Happy 4th of July weekend. Uh, Kicking off a brand new series today, as you can see, uh, matching up the vibe with our beach themed here in central Iowa. Um, But big idea, want to get away, and we're going to talk about how we go on vacations, we go on uh, little getaways and have fun, but then we tend to come back and kind of immediately just get smacked with all of the real life stuff that's broken in our everyday lives, and so each week we're going to kind of talk about something that we need to get away from to live fully into the lives that God made us for, and this morning I just want to take the opportunity to talk about temptation, and temptation on its own, it's kind of this fork in the road place in our lives where we can either fall prey to it, just in efforts to escape, and we dive in headfirst to this want to get away idea where if we give into this thing, uh, we think that we'll maybe feel this joy or happiness or fulfillment that we're looking for, we'll at least escape the hard stuff we're experiencing in our lives. It's, it's kind of our own feeble attempt at controlling our lives. But then the other side of the fork is giving up control, saying, God, I'm relying on you. Give me the strength to choose you over this. I can't do this on my own. And so what do we do when we want to get away and then reach this fork in the road where we're face-to-face with temptation? Well, before we get there and I answer that question, I want to kick off this morning with a little exercise. Uh, I don't think it's a big secret to most of you that I'm quite the physical specimen. Uh, When I'm not spreading the love of Jesus to others, I'm just in the gym getting swole. It's not so much a hobby as it is a lifestyle. And uh, no, obviously I'm kidding. I don't go to the gym. And I'm sure you're like, what, Jeff, you were kidding? You're so buff. But it's true. This is all natural. And since I'm not that strong, I'm sure there are a lot of you who are stronger than me in the room. And I wanted to put that to the test right off the bat. And so if there's anyone here brave enough to kind of join me on stage for a little bit of a strength contest. Just raise your hand. I promise no tricks. It's just you versus me. There should be way more hands up than there are right now. I promise no tricks. All right, Blake, you in? Sweet. All right, we're going to come up. Brandon, did you want to come too? Your hand was up. Come on up and plank me. We'll be up here since it's a little easier on the elbows, but really we just have to see who can plank the longest. And I'll let you know. We'll get in our, our posture. I got a timer behind us so everyone can keep track. You guys know how to plank, right? You ready to go? All right. I'll let you know. Oh, we're going. All right, go. I went 12 minutes first service, so I might be a little tired. I did not. Totally believable, Jeff. Yep, 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 yep. The world record I looked up, just over nine hours by a 62, 60-something-year-old man, which just makes me feel really good about myself. But, okay, it's been 20 seconds. Are you shaking yet? Nope. There's also no purpose to this for the message. We're just doing this for fun. Everyone's going to watch us for a little bit. They don't know why. You're impressing yourself. That's good. Okay, not even a minute. Nothing. We're fine. It's fine. The timer only goes up to five minutes, so I don't know if that makes you feel better. You giving up? No. You can't give up yet? I 
We're almost there. All right, I'm going to give up because I still have to preach and I don't want to be shaking the whole time. You guys win. Big round of applause for Blake and Braden. I told first service people, I gave them a gift card, so maybe there's a few of you here who came back and didn't get picked, but you guys share some Chipotle. Thank you guys for helping out. Good job, guys. Now, like I mentioned earlier, throughout the whole series, we're going to be talking about different things that we need to get away from in order to live fully into the lives that God made us for, like things we need to surrender and give up to God. And today, as much as I'd like to, I'm not talking about giving up exercise, believe it or not, but this morning, again, we're talking about giving up temptation to God. Because like planking, you, you can be strong for a while, you can be strong for a season, uh, you can even have the ability to withstand some temptation for a uh, whole bunch of time maybe, but eventually, if it keeps coming and you're not prepared, you're not prayed up and ready, and you're stuck relying on your own strength, you kind of find yourself at a moment of weakness. And you end up doing something that you didn't want to do. You fall. Anyone ever been there before? I I know I have. I'm sure a bunch of us have. And then over time, like some of those things, just we seem to become consistently weak to some of those same things. And then we ask ourselves, like, man, why am I so weak? Like if anybody messes up, they're going to say something along the lines of like, man, I didn't want to do that again. I know I get in trouble when I do that thing, but I just felt so weak. I didn't want to look again. I mean, I prayed. But I, I, I didn't want to look at that thing I'm not supposed to look at, but in that moment, I just felt so weak. I'm trying to eat better, but there it was. It was, it was homemade and chocolate layers and strawberry and everything. I didn't want to eat it all, but I just felt so weak. I didn't want to drink again. I didn't want to go back to that relationship. I didn't want to have a fight with my family or buy another thing or place another bet or, 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 but I just felt so weak, and I gave in. Why is it that our spirit can be willing, but our flesh so weak? I think the reason that we're often so weak is because we're not bonded with what makes us strong. I'll say it again. We're often weak because we haven't bonded with that which makes us strong. We're weak and vulnerable because we're not abiding with the vine, like Jesus, where we get our spiritual strength so that we can produce fruit that is not of our own power, but is by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We're often weak because we haven't bonded with that, which makes us strong. And to illustrate, I came across this really interesting study done by a guy named Bruce Alexander, and he's a professor of psychology in Vancouver. And I know that sounds kind of boring, but the study involves feeding rats heroin. And so listen up, it gets crazy here this morning. Uh, But he did a study on addiction by taking rats and he put them in a cage and he had uh, bottles of water in the cages. He had regular water and then a second bottle filled with either uh, cocaine or heroin. And he wanted to study which bottle the rats would choose to drink from. And if you were guessing, like, which one do you think they ended up picking? You can shout it out on the count of three, either drug water or clean water. One, two, three. Yeah, you got it. Inevitably, the rats, they ended up getting addicted to the chemically laced water. And 100% of the rats overdosed and died. 100% of them. And he said, so, okay, the conclusion is that we are chemically biased towards certain things. And the way that our brain works makes us more vulnerable to this, that, or the other, and we're going to just naturally be more addicted. And this is a tendency that scientists have proven over and over when it comes to our brains. But then he kind of took a step back and he said, wait a minute, all I did was give them two choices, regular water and this chemically infused water. I didn't give them anything else to bond with than the drug water. So it's like, yeah, of course they chose that when those were their only two options. And so what he did is he created what he called Rat Park, 
And it's like Disneyland for rats. He put little balls that rats like to play with, put tunnels, uh, spinny things, cheese everywhere. If it was a male rat going in a cage, he blessed the male rat with a female rat so they could get ratty and do whatever rats do in a cage. And he did all this fun stuff, and then he left the regular water up alongside the chemical water. And in the previous study, again, 100% of the rats overdosed. But in Rat Park, not one single rat overdosed on the chemical-infused water. And suddenly he had what then he considered to be a breakthrough in the study of addictions, which is when we don't bond with the stuff that makes us strong, we are incredibly vulnerable to the wrong desires that we have. But on the other hand, when we are bonding with those things that make us healthy, when we are bonded with those things that make us strong, we are incredibly more resistant to the addictions that take so many of us down. Because I know I can be strong for a little while on my own, right? But after resisting and resisting, you start to shake a little bit. There's going to be a moment, perhaps, when I'm not as strong as I was and weakness sets in. And so, you see, the best way to not just fight temptation but actually beat temptation is to be spiritually strong. Like it's as, as simple as that. Like that's the whole message for today. If you don't hear anything else, the best way to not just fight temptation but beat temptation and beat it when it comes because it is going to come over and over again. And so the best way to beat it is to be spiritually strong. And so for me, like I want to be spiritually at my best. I want spiritually to be connected to the one who makes me strong because the one who makes me strong always gives me a way out. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And so the big question then is how do we feed our spirit and become stronger spiritually so that we can withstand the weaker moments of our flesh when we just want to get away? And I want to talk about three things today, three ways that we can do that. And the first, if you're taking notes, is this. We're going to feed our spirits with prayer. Like, feed your spirit with intimacy toward God and prayer. Why? Because just like exercise makes the body strong, prayer makes the spirit strong. Say it again. Just like exercise strengthens your body, prayer, it strengthens your spirit. In fact, Jesus, he said in Matthew 26, verse 41, he said, watch and do what? Somebody help me out. Jesus said, watch and pray. So that you will not, what? That you will not fall into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So watch and pray. Watch and pray. And when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he said, pray like this. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me, like set me free from evil. Prayer is a great weapon against temptation that strengthens your spirit. Watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. And those words are very important too, like fall into temptation. Because like, what do we so easily do? Like, oh, I fell into sin. I fell into immorality. No one ever says, I, I fell into righteousness, right? Like, have you ever heard anyone say, like, I was just going along, tripped up, became super holy. How did that happen? Ah, no idea. I don't know. It was amazing. Nearly face planted and I'm so righteous I can barely live with myself. It's incredible. Like, that doesn't just happen. You trip and you fall into temptation, but righteousness, it's only through this intentional pursuit of the goodness of God, like being intentional, putting in some work, taking steps with Jesus. Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. And let me tell you, like when I'm submitted to God, my spirit is stronger and it's able to withstand the temptations that come against me. Like the thought that pops into my head, it leaves quickly. The junk that pops up on social media, I don't have a problem just scrolling right past. The, the pull in a certain unhealthy direction just becomes weaker and weaker because prayer makes the spirit strong. 
And if you need help with what to say, uh, maybe I'm going to be kind of fast, but you can go back and look at the live stream or jot down some notes quickly. But it, just like take two minutes in the morning, not too long. Like, God, I submit my mind to you. Give me the mind of Christ. God, I submit my eyes to you today that I would only look on things that are pure and pleasing to you. I submit my ears to you, God, that I would only hear that which is consistent with your word. I submit my mouth that my words would only be used to build others up and give you glory, God. I submit my heart to you, which is deceitful above all things. God, give me a pure heart, pure motives to serve you in every way. God, I give you my hands that they would be used to build your kingdom. God, I submit my feet to you today that you would take me to the places that would bring you glory. God, I submit my whole life to you that it would be used to lift up your name in every way in all that I do. Today, God, I submit myself to you. Two minutes. I don't even know if that was two minutes. Strengthen in prayer. And I don't know what that looks like to you. Maybe your prayer is as simple as the words of Jesus, like lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. God, make Christ in me stronger than the wrong appetites in me. God, may you always give me a way out when I need it. Like whatever it looks like, 10 seconds, 10 minutes, 10 hours, like just pray. Like God, help me, lead me, empower me. God, give me a way out. Just pray, 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 because prayer makes the spirit strong. Now, the second thing that we can do is we need to feel, feed our spirit with God's word. You need to feed your spirit with God's word. I love the question that David asked in Psalm 119, verse 9. He said, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? And just, by the way, on the side, this also applies to our not-so-young people, too, in the room. But it's a great question. Like, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? He didn't say by living according to whatever people say is cool and fun, or by living according to what all your friends are doing, or by living according to what you see and read on every little place here. And then, Like, no. He, what did he say? How do you stay pure? By living according to your word. He said, God, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have, listen to this, hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Now, how many of you have heard the phrase armor of God before? Show of hands, most of us in the room. I think it's super interesting to note when we talk about the armor of God, the, the word, the Bible, is the only offensive weapon. And we read about it in Ephesians 6. Like the helmet is defensive, the shield is defensive, the breastplate of righteousness is defensive, the belt, it holds our pants up, and it's important piece of the suit. Uh, the shoes are prepared f- with the gospel. The only offensive weapon we have is the word of God. And look at this, the, the word, like this is how Jesus fought back against the attacks of temptation after he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights when Satan said to Jesus, like, why don't you turn these stones into bread and eat? Jesus said, no, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Satan said, well, why don't you throw yourself off this building and let the angels catch you? Jesus said, no, it's written, man shall not put the Lord thy God to the test. And So he said, okay, well, why don't you bow down and worship me? And Jesus said, no, it is written in the word. It is written, I will worship the Lord my God and serve him only. You hide his word in your heart so you will not sin against him. And some of you might say, well, like, ah, yeah, well, I'm not that great at memorizing. And honestly, that's kind of my same thought too. I'm not great at it. Um, but then at the same time, like how many of you know every single line of the new Taylor Swift album? You dance with it and get your groove on, whatever you do. Fill in the blank with your own favorite music or show or movie. Like the reality is, I think, like we memorize what's important to us, right? 
You feed yourself on the word, and just as food, it strengthens your body. The living bread, the word of God, it strengthens your spirit. So every, every now and then, like, let's be real, you're going to be tempted, right? We live in a broken world. That's the reality. Sin is real, and the devil, he wants to tear you away from God. You're going to be tempted. Like, I'm going to be tempted. But if you know God's word, you'll be spiritually strong. Like, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, and my God is faithful. He will not let me be tempted beyond what I can bear, but every time I am tempted, my God, he'll give me a way out. Like Jesus leaning on the word for a way out. And two, like, note this, not as a narrow escape, but as a bold and direction-defining declaration. And if I had to guess, I hope I'm wrong in this, but if I had to guess, I'd guess that a lot of us in this room could use some growth in this area, feeding on the bread of life, like getting in the word and getting to know God. And here's the thing, like if I have permission, can I just be honest for a moment? And this is something that I have to remind myself of sometimes too, but there's really not a a good excuse, right? Like it's on our phone. It's right here in my pocket. Like, you know what they say, your phone is with you when you're on the throne. I don't, I don't think anyone says that, but it's true. Like, if you, if you have a phone, the Word of God, it's with you. It's everywhere, all the time. You can listen to it. It's like, well, I don't like to read. I'm not a great reader. I can just sit down and read. I've heard that all the time. You can listen to it. Strengthen yourself in God's Word. And maybe some of you are thinking, too, like, oh, this is just, yeah, pastor talk, we're here on Sunday morning, and I get it, like, I know I can't force you to do anything, I can't make you want freedom from temptation and to build safeguards in your life for protection, but don't miss this, like, the Word of God, the Bible, it is living bread, it is the bread of life, it transforms your mind, it takes the trash of this world out and it replaces it with the eternal truth of God. It strengthens you spiritually, you need it, it's your sword, it's your offensive weapon, some of us in the room, we're trying to live a victorious Christian life without an offensive weapon. You need to feed on his word. It'll strengthen you spiritually and you can fight back against the attacks of the evil one. The word of God, it is strength. Give it a try and watch God transform your heart and your mind and your soul. The third thing that we're going to do is we're going to feed our spirit with the right people. We're going to feed our spirit with the right people. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34, Paul, he's very direct here, not really pulling any punches. He says, don't be misled. In other words, if he's saying don't be misled, that probably implies it's very easy to be misled. I think some of you right now, you're, you're being misled by believing that the people you're hanging out with are not impacting your lives. But the reality is, if they're the wrong people, they're taking you down spiritually. And so he says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. And then he says, come back to your senses as you ought. And what? Stop sinning. Cut it out. Stop it. Don't go there. Stay far away from it. Stop hanging out with the wrong people, letting them bring you down so that you're doing the wrong things and getting caught in that which destroys you. Like We have to understand this. I think being around the wrong people never helps you do the right thing, right? I'm sure we all have examples in our lives where we can think like, oh, yep, that's definitely true. Being around the wrong people never helps you do the right thing. And quite honestly, like some of you, maybe you need some friendship upgrades in your life. 
And I wouldn't recommend going up to them and saying, like, eh, sorry, don't make the cut. Upgrading you for someone else. That's not kind. That's not what I'm getting at here. But the truth is, like, you may have to do that at some point in some relationships. Like, in other words, if you're overcoming an addiction to alcohol, don't go out on Friday night with the same group of people. You get some different friends. If you're overcoming a gossip addiction and you're not hanging out with that same group of people who can only seem to talk about people behind their back. Like, we need to change our group sometimes. This is absolutely critical, I think, to having a truly victorious life. Like following Jesus is having people around us who sharpen us, who strengthen us, who love us enough to be in our faces and care about us enough to tell us the truth, who don't hold back and they'll call it like it is. And that doesn't mean that we're only hanging out with these people. That's not what I'm saying here this morning at all. Like get rid of all your evil pagan friends and only live with the holiest people. I'm not saying that at all. But we do need to make sure we have this group of people who are going to build us up spiritually and can be close with us. In fact, I'll tell you right now, like the most important thing I do for my spiritual life is I regularly talk with my best friend, David. This is a picture of us from eight years ago or so at his wedding. The photographer said, do something weird, so... Mission accomplished. And it all started in high school when he asked me to go lifting with him. I know it's a lot of gym talk today for a guy that looks like me, but in high school, like all I cared about was being cool. And so if it meant drinking with friends or making fun of people or looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at or whatever, like I was willing to do it because I wanted so badly to be liked and to fit in. And so I was also, I was surrounded by people who spent their time doing the same thing, just constantly trying to outdo each other and outcool each other. And looking back, it was exhausting and, and honestly super annoying too. But then in homeroom one day, David, he comes up and he was like a kid I knew but didn't really hang out with at school. We didn't talk a lot. He asked if I wanted to go lift with him. And because I so desperately wanted friends. I said yes, and we started lifting every day and hanging out every day, and eventually he invited me to church, and I started to meet other people who lifted each other up and cared about each other and didn't just spend time trying to be cool, and it was so refreshing. And so with those people I met, alongside those people, I met Jesus, and I started to point my life in his direction and step by step getting closer to her, and it was amazing. And David and I, we kept lifting together, not Uh, because I enjoyed it at all, but because he was someone that I wanted to be around. And over time, the the workouts, it wasn't just about a physical workout as much as it was about spiritual development. Like there's not a single temptation that I have faced that I didn't open up and talk with him about. Or a a significant moment. There's not a significant moment in my life that I'm not going to call him on the phone and say like, let me tell you what's going on right now. Would you pray for me? And what's interesting is, like, as a new Christian in high school, I just thought that was part of it. Like, I just thought everybody had that. And what, what I'm noticing, like, it's a little more rare than I thought. Like, having someone in your life where there's confession of sin immediately, someone you can be totally transparent with, or um, just even, like, temptations in your life, you can talk about them and do real stuff and celebrate together and mourn together and pray together. Again, I, what I've learned is that's actually really rare. And if you're thinking like, oh, well, that's just like a nice idea for a high school kid who's starting to get to know Jesus, I think it is so much more important as we get older. I'll tell you why I think so many people get in trouble. It's because sin grows best in the dark. And there's something about like when you have someone that you can go to immediately and say like, here's what I almost did. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what happened. Someone who loves you enough to say like, oh, you know what? Like that's twice in the last three 
months, let's make a change in how we're handling things. There's someone who's going to say, like, you know what, I'm not going to judge you, but let's deal with this severely. Someone who cares enough to lovingly and in the name of Jesus say, like, we're not going to go back there. God has something better for you, so let's take it a step up. Let's point ourselves back in the direction of Jesus and begin spiritually training again. I think there's some of us right now who are lacking the depth of real spiritual community. And it's one of the reasons that we do house groups and are so passionate about them here at Revision because we need each other. Like house groups, they're the engine that make the church go. It's the community. Like the church is not just something we go to here on a Sunday morning. We are the body of Christ. We're family and we are vulnerable without each other. And so when we come together, we're strengthened as we worship together. We're strengthened when we open up and we care for each other in circles and pour out our lives. We're strengthened when we do life together. And so now uh, I'm going to kind of wrap up this whole thing this morning. And I'm just going to be completely and embarrassingly honest with you. And I'm just going to lay it all out in hopes that maybe you hear my story and can take some wisdom from it. And maybe it helps you avoid some of the same mistakes I made. But again, before I was a Jesus follower, I knew how to serve myself and my own desires very well. I was, like I briefly mentioned a second ago, I was so obsessed with what other people thought of me that I was just ready to do just about anything, to be accepted and to look cool. Like, sure, I'll have a beer, even though alcoholism has had its grip on my family for generations and plagued us. Like, well, if it makes me look cool, hand me a drink. Sure, I'll come egg this house or spray paint whatever. And like, until I surrendered my identity to Jesus, my identity was wrapped up in what other people thought of me. And I was also, I was crazy vulnerable to wanting to do inappropriate things with girls or looking at porn, and that was keeping me from Jesus. It was giant barriers that were keeping me from Jesus. And until I finally surrendered that to him, it, it was holding me back completely. And so then it kind of led some after effects in your brain like it does and throughout my single years and after college and in the back of my mind there's always this fear like am I just being punished like I can't meet anyone like my life isn't going exactly how I want it to because I just want to know exactly what's going to come next am I being punished by God or, or maybe uh, I didn't have what it takes for marriage because in my mind I, I knew the mistakes that I had made and I had tried protecting myself with only my own strength and I just failed time and time again with everything in me I'm going to tell you right now, everything in me, had I not learned to hunger after God in prayer, because I didn't always, I didn't like prayer meetings, kind of hated prayer meetings, I'd sit in a circle, if you wanted me to pray out loud, I didn't want to pray with you. I had to learn how to pray and to know God intimately and hear Him in prayer. If I didn't feed my spirit with His Word daily, if I didn't have the small group, those close friends I found in high school and college and here at Revision, if I didn't have that real deep, transparent, loving, and butt-kicking spiritual community, I can tell you right now, like, get down in this position. My arms, they would have given out quick. Maybe shaky for a while, but they would have given out quick. I would not have had what it took, and I would have fallen again and again and again. I would have done something potentially destructive. Likely, you probably wouldn't be here as your pastor because, again, I don't have what it takes on my own. None of us do. I'm weak, but our God, he is a God of redemption. He's a God of restoration. He is our strength. Like, it's all you, God. All you. Because we're all crazy vulnerable. Potentially, we could all be moments away from doing things that are totally destructive. But 1 Corinthians 10.13, I've referenced it a few times today already, 
No temptation has overtaken us except what is common to mankind. And here's the deal. Like, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. No matter what it is, no matter how big it seems, when you are tempted, our God will give you a way out so that you can endure it. Like, why do we not take the way out more often? Because we're weak. We're so weak. And why are we so weak? Again, because we're not connected and bonded with that which makes us strong. Like, the reality is, when we are, like when we're in Rat Park, when we're doing life God's way, when we're bonded with His people, and we're strengthened in prayer, when we're feeding on His Word, then when we're weak, when we face temptation, like His strength is made perfect through us. We don't have to go through life trying to hold ourselves up forever. We know that doesn't work, but thankfully God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God will always give you a way out, and I promise that way out is so much easier when you're spiritually strong. And so where are you at? Where are uh, you at in the areas of prayer and reading the Word and having people in your life? Like, What areas do you need to get stronger? Maybe it is your prayer life. Maybe it is getting in to the word or maybe surrounding yourself with people who lift you up and point you towards Jesus. Like wherever you're at this morning, my challenge for all of us is to ask ourselves those questions and then make one small step of growth in that area. I want to say too, like don't try to do it all at once. Uh, Keep it simple. Start with where you're at, not where you think you ought to be. Like we all fall short, but we're also very redeemable. And we're loved by the God of the universe. He wants a relationship with you and to be your strength. So wherever you're at, let's all just take a step this week. Instead of falling into temptation because we want to get away, we want to escape the stress of our reality, let's get away and build up strongholds from the things that are holding us back from who God created us to be. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would encourage us and just stir within us And God, I know there are some people here right now that recognize maybe it's spiritual friendships for them. For some, it's a a prayer life thing or others, it's time in the word. Like wherever we lack, God, give us an appetite to become spiritually strong. Give us the strength and the boldness that we need to take steps towards you. Remind us to pray continuously. Help us carve out time to dig into your word and give us boldness to hang out with people who are life-giving. God, for for some of us, maybe we need to start over. Or maybe for some in the room, they they don't know you but want a relationship with you. And if that's you right now, I just want you to know that God wants that too and there's good news. It's, It's free. All you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hand over the control and desires to him and let him lead you. And if that's you, I just want to invite you to pray along with me as the first of many steps in your journey. Pray along out loud in your head. doesn't matter. It's a declaration. The first of many. It's not one and done, but... We've got to start somewhere. So pray along with me. Heavenly Father, I accept your gift of forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving me even when I don't deserve it. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you, so I can serve you, so I can follow you. I submit my life completely to you. My life is not my own. It's all yours, God. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you pray that with me for the first time or maybe for the hundredth time, we want to celebrate with you. So let one of us know. Find me after the service. Talk to staff member, leader, someone. To tell your friends. Don't keep this to yourself because we want to celebrate with you. And so let's all celebrate by standing and singing God's praises and worshiping together.